0: it's april the 29th let's read the bible welcome back friends to this year long journey through the word of god from genesis to revelation in just one year today we're going to read four chapters 1 samuel 19 20 21 and 22 we're deep in the story of saul and david the early years david's early years as he is rising up he's not yet king I suppose you could say it this way, if you made a graph, uh, Saul's line is going down, David's line is going up. Now, before I read, let me just encourage you, in case you are new to this whole project, if you don't have a reading guide to tell you, follow along what we're doing day by day, go to keepbelieving.com. Right there on the front page of keepbelieving.com, you'll see a link that says reading guide. Click on it download the PDF. It explains what we're doing, gives you a daily guide and a monthly guide. We hope you will download it. It is free, of course. Now today, 1 Samuel 19, David's on the run. Chapter 20, Jonathan is going to protect David. Chapter 21, uh, (laughs) one of the funnier little parts of this story, David runs for safety into Philistine territory And to protect himself from the Philistines, he pretends he's insane. And then in chapter 22, Saul in his paranoia goes worse and worse, spirals ever farther downward. First Samuel chapter 19, Saul ordered his son, Jonathan and all his servants to kill David, but Saul's son, Jonathan liked David very much. So he told him, my father, Saul intends to kill you. Be on your guard in the morning and hide in a secret place and stay there. I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and talk to him about you. When I see what he says, I'll tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said to him, the king should not sin against his servant David. He hasn't sinned against you. In fact, his actions have been a great advantage to you. He took his life in his hands when he struck down the Philistine and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. So why would you sin against innocent blood by killing David for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan's advice and swore an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. So Jonathan summoned David and told him all these words. Then Jonathan brought David to Saul and he served him as he did before. When war broke out again, David went out and fought against the Philistines. He defeated them with such great force that they fled from him. Now an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his palace holding a spear. David was playing the lyre and Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear. If the spear struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away and escaped that night. Saul sent agents to David's house to watch for him and kill him in the morning. But his wife, Michael, warned David, if you don't escape tonight, you'll be dead tomorrow. So she lowered David from the window and he fled and escaped. And Michael took the household idol and put it in the bed, placed some go-here on its head and covered it with a garment. When Saul sent agents to seize David, Michael said he's sick. Saul sent the agents back to see David and said, Bring him on his bed so I can kill him. When the agents arrived, to their surprise, the household idol was on the bed with some goat here on its head. Saul asked Michael, Why did you deceive me like this? You sent my enemy away, and he has escaped. She answered him, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Saul. Samuel at Ramah and told him everything Saul had done to him, Then he and Samuel left and stayed at Naoth. When it was reported to Saul that David was at Naoth and Ramah, he sent agents to siege David. However, when they saw the group of prophets prophesying with Samuel leading them, the Spirit of God came on Saul's agents, and they also started prophesying. When they reported to Saul, he sent other agents, and they also began prophesying. So Saul tried again. They sent a third group of agents, and even they began prophesying. Then Saul himself went to Ramah. He came to a large cistern at Siku and asked, where are Samuel and David? At Naoth and Ramah, someone said, so he went to Naoth and Ramah. The Spirit of God also came on him, and as he walked along, he prophesied until he entered Naoth and Ramah. Saul then removed his clothes and also prophesied before Samuel. He collapsed and lay naked all that day and all that night. That is why they say, is Saul also among the prophets? For Samuel 20. David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What did I do wrong? How have I sinned against your father so that he wants to take my life? Jonathan said to him, No, you won't die. Listen, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without telling me. So why would he hide this matter from me? This can't be true. But David said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor with you. He has said, Jonathan must not know of this or else else he will be grieved. David also swore, As surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, there's but a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. So David told him, Look, tomorrow is the new moon, and I'm supposed to sit down and eat with the king. Instead, let me go, and I'll hide in the countryside for the next two nights. If your father misses me at all, say David urgently requested my permission to go quickly to his hometown Bethlehem for an annual sacrifice there involving the whole clan. If he says, Good, then your servant is safe. But if he becomes angry, you will know he has evil intentions. Deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought me into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I've done anything wrong, then kill me yourself. Why take me to your father? No, Jonathan responded. If I ever find out my father has evil intentions against you, wouldn't I tell you about it? So David asked Jonathan, who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? He answered David, come on, let's go out to the countryside. So both of them went out to the countryside. By the Lord, the God of Israel, I will sound out my father by this time tomorrow or the next day. If I find out that he is favorable towards you, will I not send for you and tell you? If my father intends to bring evil on you, may the Lord punish Jonathan and do so severely. If I do not tell you and send you away so that you may leave safely, may the Lord be with you just as he was with my father. If I continue to live, show me kindness from the Lord, but if I die, Don't ever withdraw your kindness from my household, not even when the Lord cuts off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Then Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord hold David's enemies accountable. Jonathan once again swore to David in his love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon. You'll be missed because your seat will be empty. The following day, hurry down and go to the place where you hid on the day this incident began and stay beside the Rocky Zell. I will shoot three arrows beside it as if I'm aiming at a target. Then I will send a servant and say, go and find the arrows. Now, if I expressly say to the servant, look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them, then come, because as the Lord lives, it's safe for you and there is no problem. But if I say to this youth, look, the arrows are beyond you, Then go, for the Lord is sending you away. As for the matter you and I have spoken about, the Lord will be a witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the countryside. At the new moon, the king sat down to eat the meal. He sat in his usual place on on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat facing him, and Abner took his place beside Saul. But David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day because he thought something unexpected has happened. He must be ceremonially unclean. Yes, That's it. He's unclean. However, the day after the new moon, the second day, David's place was still empty, and Saul asked his son Jonathan, Why didn't Jesse's son come to the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David asked for my permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Please, let me go because our clan is holding a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has told me to be there. So now, if I have found favor with you, let me go so I can see my brothers. That's why he didn't come to the king's table. Then Saul became angry with Jonathan and shouted, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you were siding with Jesse's son to your own shame and to the disgrace of your mother? Every day Jesse's son lives on earth. You and your kingship are not secure. Now send for him and bring him to me. He must die. Jonathan answered his father back, Why is he to be killed? What has he done? Then Saul threw his spear at Jonathan to kill him, so he knew that his father was determined to kill David. He got up from the table fiercely angry and did not eat any food that that second day of the new moon, for he was grieved because of his father's shameful behavior toward David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the countryside for the appointed meeting with David. A young servant was with him. He said to the servant, Run and find the arrows I'm shooting. As the servant ran, Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him, He came to the location of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, but Jonathan called to him and said, The arrow is beyond you, isn't it? Then Jonathan called to him, Hurry up and don't stop. Jonathan's servant picked up the arrow and returned to his master. He did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew of the arrangement. Then Jonathan gave his equipment to the servant who was with him and said, Go, take it back to the city. When the servant had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone ezel fell face down to the ground and paid homage three times. Then he and Jonathan kissed each other, and wept with each other, though David wept more. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in the assurance the two of us pledged in the name of the Lord, when we said, The Lord will be a witness between you and me and between my offspring and your offspring together. Then David left, and Jonathan went into the city. First Samuel 21 David went to the priest Ahimelech at Nob. Ahimelech was afraid to meet David. So he said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? David answered the priest Ahimelech, The king gave me a mission, but he told me, Don't let anyone know anything about the mission I'm sending you on or what I've ordered you to do. I have stationed my young man at a certain place. Now, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. The priest told him, There's no ordinary bread on hand. But there is consecrated bread, but the young men may eat it only if they've kept themselves from women. David answered him, I swear that women are being kept from us. As always, when I go out to battle, the young men's bodies are consecrated, even on an ordinary mission. So, of course, their bodies are consecrated today. So, the priest gave him the consecrated bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from the presence of the Lord. When the bread was removed, it had been replaced with warm bread. One of Saul's servants, detained before the Lord, was there that day. His name was Doeg the Edomite, chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Do you have a sword, a spear, or a sword on hand? I didn't even bring my sword or my weapons, since the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom, whom you killed in the valley of Eli is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the Ephi. If you want it, take it for yourself, and take it, for there isn't another one here. There's none like it, David said, give it to me. David fled that day from Saul's presence and went to King Achish of Gath. But Achish's servant said to him, isn't this David, the king of the land? Don't they sing about him during their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. David took this to heart and became very afraid of King Achish of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence he acted like a madman around them, scribbling on the doors of the city gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Look, you can see the man is crazy, Achish said to his servants. Why did you bring him to me? Do I have such a shortage of crazy people that you brought this one? Do I act crazy around me? Is this one going to come into my house? 1 Samuel 22. So David left Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adullam. When David's brothers and his father's whole family heard, they went down and joined him there. In addition, every man who was desperate, in debt, or discontented rallied around him, and he became their leader. About four hundred men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah of Moab, where he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and mother stay with you until I know what God will do for me. So, he left them in the care of the king of Moab, Moab and they stayed with him the whole time David was in the stronghold. Then, The prophet gad said to david don't stay in the stronghold leave and return to the land of judah so david left and went to the forest of hera saul heard that david and his men had been discovered at that time saul was in gibeah sitting under the tamarisk tree at the high place his spear was in his hand and all his servants were standing around him saul said to his servants listen men of benjamin is jesse's son going to give all of you fields and vineyards Do you think he'll make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? That's why all of you have conspired against me. Nobody tells me when my own son makes a covenant with Jesse's son. None of you cares about me or tells me that my son is stirred up, my own servant to wait in ambush for me, as is the case today. Then Doeg the Edomite, who was in charge of Saul's servant, said, I saw Jesse's son come to Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him, Gave him provision. He also gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. The king sent messengers to summon the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and his father's whole family, who were priests in Nob. All of them came to the king. Then Saul said, Listen, son of Ahitub, I am at your service, my lord. He said, Saul, asked him, Why did you and Jesse's son conspire against me? You gave him bread and a sword and inquired of God for him so that he could rise up against me and wait in ambush, as is the case today. Ahimelech replied to the king, "Who among all your servants is as faithful as David? He is the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and honored in your house. Was today the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Please don't let the king make an accusation against your servant or any of my father's family, for your servant didn't have any idea about all this. But the king said, You will die, Ahimelech, you and your father's whole family. Then the king ordered the guards standing by him, turn." and killed the priests of the Lord, because they sided with David. For they knew he was fleeing, but they didn't tell me. But the king's servants would not lift a hand to execute the priests of the Lord. So the king said to Doeg, Go and execute the priests. So Doeg the Enomite went and executed the priests himself. On that day, he killed 85 men who wore linen ephods. He also struck down Nob, the city of the priests, with the sword. Both men and women Infants and nursing babies, oxen, donkeys, and sheep. However, one of the sons of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, escaped. His name was Abiathar, and he fled to David. Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, I know that Doeg the Edomite was there that day, and that he was sure to report to Saul. I myself am responsible for the lives of everyone in your father's family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid. For the one who wants to take my life wants to take your life. You will be safe with me. I don't really think that last line would have been all that encouraging to Abiathar. There is so much going on here. There is so much trickeration. There's lying and deceit. Michael lied to her father Saul. She said, yeah, I, I put the hair on the goat's hair on the household idol, but David threatened to kill me. That was a lie. David made up the story to Ahimelech. The king sent me on a secret mission. I got my men. There was no secret mission. He didn't have any men with him. You've got Saul not only wanting to kill David, he tried to kill his own son. There is so much going on here. It's all chaos. It's all chaos. Right now, it just appears as if this is, it's not just emotional chaos. It's, it's national chaos. It's political chaos. It's spiritual chaos. At this point in the story, how can anyone ever believe David will ever be king? He's running for his life. He's got a paranoid madman who's after him. And there's all this trickeration back and forth. But God, right over the whole story, the weakness of man, the power of God, how God works through weak men, weak women. He works through weak people because that's all he's got to work through. Nobody's all that strong. We're all weaker than we think we are. Here's the wonderful truth. God said David's going to be king and in God's time he will be king. Not one day sooner, but thank God not one day later. When the moment is right, Saul will be gone. David will be crowned the king of the united nation of Israel, and all the tribes will follow him. He will be God's man. He'll be the greatest king Israel has ever known. That's a long way away. But God knows what he's doing, even when we don't have a clue. But all around us is trouble, and trickery and chaos. God knows what he's doing. Friends, trust him. Today, trust him. Take the next step and trust him. If you will trust God today, he'll work it out. He'll take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. It will not be exactly the route you think it's going to be. It won't be on your schedule. It'll be on God's schedule. But trust him. He knows what he's doing and he is doing it. When he's done, when he's done, you'll be where he wants you to be. So, go out and have a great day. Trust God. Everything else is details. Come back tomorrow. The story's going to take another turn. turn. God bless. See you then.